I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 321 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest returning to the podcast today. Matt Roloff is the star of Little People, Big World. Matt and his family have been doing their very popular reality TV show since 2006, and they are dropping their 20th season of the show beginning on March 31st. Matt is only four feet tall, but his impact on the world and how it views little people has been enormous. Last time Matt was here was back on episode 165 of the podcast, and the download numbers just exploded because his fans are extremely engaged. It made for one of the most downloaded episodes of 2019, and one thing we didn't get a chance to discuss in our last conversation was about Matt's multiple trips to the Middle East with the military. We're going to talk about that today. And Matt and his ex-wife went through a very public divorce, which has been covered extensively. We're going to hit on that and his relationship with his girlfriend, Karen Chandler. And Matt and I did record this interview before the outbreak of the coronavirus hit the mainland of the United States. So stick around until the end of today's interview as I had a chance to catch up with Matt over the weekend here. So you're going to get a chance to hear an update on how the coronavirus has affected him and his family and just how they are weathering the storm. Matt Roloff will be here with me in just a few minutes. So please stick around for the interview. And my interview with Matt Roloff was recorded on video, and it is available to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you would like to watch the conversation between myself and Matt Roloff, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And make sure you lock it in for the rest of the week here. Wednesday, the Season 7 winner of The Voice on NBC, Craig Wayne Boyd, will be joining me. And Friday, legendary boxing trainer Teddy Atlas will be here on the podcast, all right? So as the world sort of stands still, I will continue to bring you guys the best possible content. So stay safe, stay healthy, and stay tuned. And as always, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule, and every day is Father's Day. Right here with me, and I'm going to be right back with little people, big world star, Matt Roloff. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, the summer will be here before you know it. Are you serious about turning your dad bod into a beach bod? Well, former Navy SEAL and professional MMA fighter Mitch Aguiar has designed the products to help you smash your goal. Smashing Greens are an extremely nutrient-dense blend of organic superfoods with no fillers. They are designed to be taken as a daily supplement or as a complete meal replacement. All ingredients were chosen to specifically curb your hunger, maximize your energy, clear your skin, and burn fat. Visit MassiveSupplements.com or hit the link in the show notes and check out all available products, including plant-based multivitamins, Smashing Beans Organic Coffee, Protein Shakes, Power Creatine, and more. Smash your greens. Visit MassiveSupplements.com. That's M-A-S-F-Supplements.com. All right, joining me now, First Class Father, Matt Roloff. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, Alec. Uh, listen, it's an honor to have you back here. I know your family has grown since the last time you were on the show here. I know you got the four kids, but how many grandkids are you up to now? I got four grandkids. I've been really busy with that. And uh, I, I, I must admit, I turn your show, your podcast on all the time to get my own advice about what to do. Because uh, being uh, it's, my grandkids have just kind of exploded. One minute I didn't have any grandkids. And two years later, I got four of them. So I'm, I'm, leaning, on, I'm leaning on all the advice that you find on your show. I really, really... Uh, enjoy hearing everybody's uh, input and kind of angle and take on how to 
how to do, you know, be a father, be a grandfather. So I enjoy it. Thank you for putting that out. Yeah, thanks for that, Matt. And, you know, speaking of advice, one thing I think that happens to a lot of us, happened to me, like when you become a parent, like you finally realize or get a better sense of what your parents went through bringing you up. Uh, have you gotten that kind of response for your kids? Are they coming to you for advice now, asking you for help? You know, that the tables have definitely turned. <laughs> and so I do feel like my relationship with my kids is stronger than ever before um, for a lot of those reasons. Um, but I think I, you know, I'm a much better grandfather than I was a, a, a father just because, you know, you've been through it and you learn and what worked and what doesn't work. And uh, um, so being a grandparent, I'm getting it's like getting a second chance at life. And so I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm a lot better listener um, than I've ever been in my life, I believe, because I, I just enjoy hearing the grandkids talk and I enjoy hearing my <clears throat> excuse me, my kids talk about, you know, their struggles with the grandkids. I had dinner last night with Zach and Tori and Jackson and Lila. And I just, Grandpa just sat back and smiled the whole time while they, uh, you know, tried to reel in all these, you know, kids, you know, these kids. And it, it's just a really fun and good and wonderful experience. Yeah, very cool, Matt. And I know we got the new season of Little People Big World coming up. You've been doing this for a very long time now. I know you've had some struggles with some storylines and some stuff like that along the way. Uh, how was it filming this new season? Have you made any changes or adjustments to the process at all? Well, you're, you're right. You know, we've been doing this for a long time, like 15, 15 or 16 years. We've been, it feels like we've been filming for uh, forever. Uh, and, you know, there's been ups and downs. There's no doubt about it. You know, when you're doing something that long, <clears throat> even though it's been the same company, you know, TLC, there's been different executives. We call them regimes. Different regimes have come and gone and come in and they have different agendas, you know, or different uh, goals for the company. You know, they want their programming to be, you know, more edgy or more this or more that. So we've, you know, wrote, ridden through a lot of those um, different changes. And so sometimes they don't call us and say, hey, we want a bigger bang or a bigger pop on these episodes. All you just the guys that are the producers that are boots on the ground, you know, start asking, you know, di you know, dicier questions. And um, but right now we have an amazing team of people um, and we, um, uh, you know, re really like them. The episodes that are coming out, I think, are really good. They're full of really juicy content. But at the same time, I think they're fair and they're honest. I I have a saying I tell when I have dinner with any of the TLC executives that are, you know, new and coming in. I, I always say with the Roloff family, the truth is stranger than fiction. And, <laughs> and what I mean by that is if you just follow the real actual story of what's really happening going on, you don't need to make anything up. So our favorite seasons have been the ones where they're just following the, the real life roll-offs and what's happening and we usually have the most success with the ratings and what happened people are most interested and just the actual real live you know follow of what's going on with the babies and married and, and uh, the farm and all that so so that's my motto as truth is stranger than fiction in the roll-off uh, household well, I'll tell you what, Matt, you've had tr tremendous success with it. You got you got a, an audience that's very been very engaged with the whole show. And ha have any of your kids, have any of them ever considered uh, using this to kind of maybe have a spinoff, uh, maybe a, do a reality show of their own? You know, um, I, um, I, yeah, I think that conversation has gone on and it goes on and it, it happens. And uh, we always kind of fall back on little people, big world as our main uh you know, you know, our main vehicle for telling our story. But um, I think those story it's, uh, discussions about spinoffs and things are happening. Uh, and but, you know, what 
Little People Big World is just kind of based on the whole family and the whole all the characters. And one one thing I learned about reality television is you need a lot of characters, uh, you know, dynamics between characters and what have you to really uh, to draw in the biggest audience as possible. So uh, if you spin off and you just have two, it's you you know usually that you lose people. Some people like I watched the show specifically because of Jackson, you know, my grandson. I watched the show. Typically because I love Amy or I love Chris or, you know, Matt, and, and I wouldn't watch it if this. So I think they just try to keep all the characters intact as best we can. We've lost our want to go pursue other opportunities, and we were sad to see them go. But um, TLC always felt there was enough of a core um, character base um, to kind of keep the show going, and it's been as successful as ever. So we got a whole bunch of new episodes um, coming out here shortly, and we've been working hard on them for the last oh, almost eight months you know so we've been really <laughs> busy telling our stories and giving everybody an update so um that so yeah we're looking forward to the uh, the new season coming out and by the way we're we're you know contracted for a, another season so we'll, we'll be busy doing this for quite a while wow yeah that's awesome Matt. now listen i know it's been uh, quite a while now since your divorce um, how have the kids kind of uh, responded to the whole, uh, you know, the divorce and your relationship now with Karen? And are, are there any uh, wedding bells in the future for you too? <laughs> well, there's no there's no immediate wedding bells yet, but there are on Amy's side. Amy and Chris are, are have got a, a wedding planning that they're doing for uh, I think it's 2021. Uh, Karen and I are kind of waiting to let their excitement play out. Um, and um, um, but no, there's no wedding bells pl- planned right yet. I I hope one day that there are and uh, probably will be. Karen and I are very close. We uh, enjoy each other's company and friendship immensely. Um, and we're, you know, we're, um, you know, um, dating and having fun together and living our best lives is what we like to say and having a great time with the grandkids. Fortunately, my kids seem to really accept Karen very, very well that we spend a lot of time together. She's a great sort of circuit. They call her cha-cha. And uh, the grandkids love uh, spending time with her, and she loves spending time. You know, I was saying to Karen the other day, it's so nice that she loves um, hanging out with my grandkids because it would be miserable if she's like, oh, gum, do we have to have babysitting duty again or do we have to hang out with the kids again? But that's quite the opposite. She lo- really looks forward, and she sets up, you know, these encounters where we're, where she'll call Jeremy and Audrey, and, hey, we're gonna Matt and I are gonna come over and play games at your house tonight, and and or we're, we're you know we're gonna we're willing to take the kids tonight, and while well, you guys go on a date night, so she's very very active in uh, not just accepting the kid the grandkids, but really setting things up and getting me involved and say Matt, you're putting your computer and phone away tonight. You're gonna be playing ga- games and reading to the grandkids tonight. That's what you're doing. I'm like, okay, that's what I'm doing. So I, I appreciate the way she uh, is involved herself and gets me involved. Yeah, that's good stuff, Matt. Now, listen, I, I did pick up a copy of your ex-wife's book getting in in pre- preparation for today's interview. Um, and I'm a big reader, and I got to be honest, it was a bit of a chore to get through for me. But I did notice she does throw quite a little bit of shade at you throughout the book. Did you get a chance to read the book? And what was kind of your response to that? I did get a chance to read the book. Um, and, um, I, you know, I was disappointed, I think, um, probably in not disappointed in what maybe not what you're thinking um and i i didn't think the book was really fair to me i thought that amy uh um the book for me knowing her real life story and a lot of the things in between i thought there was some disingenuous nature uh, to the book which surprised me because amy is a pretty um genuine person um 
typically, but I think that, that she left out some pretty major parts of her life um, that throwed, would have thrown a little more balance into the whole story. Um, you know, I think she did throw shade at me. I don't think it was really fair. Um, and uh, it, it was hurtful. It was actually very hurtful and uh, took me a while to kind of, uh, you know, process it and absorb it. And I wish she wouldn't have left out, you know, parts that um, I think would have changed people's perspective on our marriage and the reason that our marriage, uh, you know, had troubles and things. So for her to leave out these very, very major important parts of her life um, that certainly infect, affected me substantially um, and our marriage substantially, um, I don't think that was um, fair to herself or to me or, or to telling her story. So um, that that part of the book. And then, you know, of course, she picked on me. And, and uh, you know, I understand that, you know, the marriage fell apart. We In the end, we grew apart. Amy's a wonderful person. Um, and, um, you know, we raised four wonderful, amazing kids together. So, you know, I look back at our marriage with a lot of success. Um, you know, I... Um, I, I, you know, I, I think that we're just trying right now to enjoy the grandkids and the farm and uh, and get along. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Matt, one, one of the things here about social media age that we're in right now is that a lot of people, they're quick to judge everybody without all the facts. And like you're saying, that there's more to the story here. And I, I know that you you have been getting hammered here and there on social media for some of this stuff. And to know that there is more to the story. Uh, have you ever considered maybe doing a book of your own and maybe, uh, you know, shedding some light on what actually did happen to cause the, the, the marriage to fall apart? Or is that just not your style? No, uh, you know, I've done some long soul searching about that. Um, and it's run through in my head some of the things that uh, stories that I, you know, that some truths that I would like to be out there. Um, and um, that may happen one day. I don't, I don't know. I haven't ruled it out completely. But, you know, after watching Amy's book come out and um, her perception of the truth, you know, be so um, sort of misleading, I think, that, um, you know, I just decided that it's probably not going to happen for me. I think telling the story through the show is enough for me right now. Um, but, I, you know, never say never. I haven't ruled it out. Um, social media is, is hard. <laughs> you know, it's hard. I think we've grown, everybody in the Raw family has grown really thick skin. We're used to, you know, people being really um, um, tough on us and, uh, and um, you know, I think they call them trolls or whatever. And they come up with these, they draw these conclusions and you just want to like scream and say, if only you knew this, or if only you knew that, or, you know, and sometimes it's a little bit of the editing, you know, can throw things off because, you know, when you think about it, they film a show over eight months and now they're going to, they're going to air that within, you know, eight weeks. So there's a lot of compression, you know? So, you know, let's say Amy, you know, is, uh, and I are arguing about something. Well, we've been getting along for six months and then we have another argument. Well, they throw those two arguments into one episode, makes it look like we're always at each other's throats. And, uh, it's not quite that way. So, uh, you know, the, 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 just the nature of television really, um, you know, puts out a different impression. And then people speak up on the internet and we appreciate all of our fans. I mean, we love them. We love the people that are interacted, uh, interactive with us, but we also um, realize that some people, they just get it wrong sometimes. Yeah. Well, listen, I think the way that you've handled it is definitely a, a true testament to your character because uh, you know, I know that you have been, you know, mistreated a, a little bit online there with all of this. But I want to switch gears with you here, Matt, because I wanted to ask you last time you were here, I didn't get a chance to, about your trip overseas to Iraq with the military, because I was really fascinated by that story. Uh, what was the genesis of that trip and what was the experience like for you? Nothing beats an American flag made in the USA, right? 
Well, how about an American flag made in the USA by veterans out of duty-worn fatigues from all branches of the military? That is exactly what you get with combat flags. Combat flags are handcrafted from duty-worn fatigues and offer a tangible piece of freedom to the American people. Each flag is accompanied by a professionally designed and printed card that tells the story of service of a soldier, marine, airman, sailor, or coastie who wore the fatigues used to make the flag. They are the real deal, Dad, so what are you waiting for? Visit CombatFlags.com and use the promo code FATHER, and First Class Fatherhood listeners will save 10% off their purchase. Veteran-owned, American-made. CombatFlags.com, promo code FATHER. asked you last time you were here i didn't get a chance to about your trip overseas to iraq with the military because i was really fascinated by that story uh what was the genesis of that trip and what was the experience like for you that trip you know actually i made three trips to iraq during the kind of the heat of the war just shortly after the main uh conflict and um the three trips were uh, changed my life forever just the appreciation for the military guys and what they're doing over there um and my pride for the u.s and uh, and you know really trying to help other people the genesis for the trip was a friend of mine that was a helicopter pilot over there uh, who has a little person daughter who was on patrol in, in Baghdad and saw a family that had uh, dwarfism. Um, three of the kids, I think it was a family of five, and there were three kids that all had very severe dwarfism. So he called me from uh, Baghdad from his base and said, hey, can you come over? And and I'm like, you know, on the phone, I'm like, you're calling from Iraq? You know, there's bombs going off in the background. And I'm like, and you want me to come over, you know, and uh, what do you want me to do? And um, he's, we got to get these kids medical treatment. So um, that started a long process, probably took six months to get orders from the State Department for me to be able to go over. And um, I made my first trip over and snuck around in Humvees and MRAPs and guys with machine guns everywhere. And they stuck me to this uh, family's uh, house uh, and we had contractors pulled out little portable x-ray equipment and got some x-rays and then once i got the x-rays i was able to bring those back to the states and line up uh, doctors here so i got some doctors from uh, the bay area california and back east and wisconsin put the team of an anesthesiologist and some doctors that were willing to go over they you know the governments didn't want the kids to come to the states for their uh, very you know complicated surgeries instead they wanted us to go over and train the iraqi doctors so um, I got the doctors up and we brought them over there and got the Iraqi doctors together and, and performed these operations. And literally all these kids that had been hit by bombs and they're burnt and had various things, um, amp, you know, arms that had been amputated, but not correctly. Our doctors were able to, you know, do surgery for a couple of days on a whole bunch of kids, not just the little people, but a whole, um, a whole bunch of the kids in the little village that we were in and, uh, then um, it was a fascinating experience. On my third trip over, I was able to pull the kids back. I was finally able to get their papers. They needed really complicated operations that could only really be done here in the States. So on the third trip, we were able to bring them back to the States and get them the medical treatment that they really needed. So three very interesting. That's the short version of it. Um, but it was a harrowing, scary trip, and it gave me immense immense respect for um you know you think all oh, the militaries over there just bang bang shoot them up no they're over there really focused on training doctors and getting these people um you know to stand on their own two feet and have the technology so that 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 push for educational component um and for building their communities was really impressive to me it wasn't just about blowing everybody up it was really the missions that they pushed me to have were really about um getting that uh, community and that country uh 
to support themselves and take care of their own people. And that's what impressed me the most. Yeah, that's incredible, Matt. Yeah, I have nothing but big respect for our military. I bring out a lot of veteran, a lot of veteran dads come on the show here. And it's so uh, that's awesome that you're able to go over there and make a difference. And another thing that I seen that you had done online, I seen you reach out. I know there was a story about the boy from Australia that was being bullied. And I know you had reached out to him somewhere online. I seen it. You offered him to, to bring him out to the farm and stuff like that. Did you ever end up connecting with that kid? I did. I connected with his mother. She was very, very excited because, of course, they watched the Little People show, Little People Big World show over there. Um, and so we've had exchanged uh, several messages. And, you know, I'm really just making sure that she has support, um, that, that they know that they're welcome to come to the farm. I think at some point here they're going to be coming over to the United States, go to Disneyland. I want to make sure that they swing by and give the boy, you know, a real firsthand uh, view of what little people can do and put your heart and minds to it. Um, you know, I built this farm here. And so I want him to know I've been through some of the exact same emotional feelings that he went through or he's going through that nine years old. I can remember those feelings very precisely. And, uh, you know, I just want to encourage him. So we have been in touch. Um, I hope that he, I, we get to meet in person. I hope I can continue to encourage him along the way because that was pretty uh, heartbreaking to, to see him. And, you know, some people I think threw some shade at uh, or some, you know, at, at the mom for, you know, uh, putting out that emotional uh, video but I really support her. I think she's doing the right thing. She was at wit's end. She's got her young nine-year-old boy who's threatening suicide. She didn't know what else she could do. I don't think she knew that the video was going to go as viral as it did. But good for her um, to get that out there and uh, be kind of kicking and screaming and doing everything she can to advocate. She's had a long history of advocating for her son. So I'm not only encouraging him, but I really want to encourage her as well. Um, and don't don't want to allow any mama shaming about uh, some people took kind of sides and some of that. But she's she's um she's a tiger and she's fighting for her son. And I appreciate that. And um, I think um, um, he's going to do just fine. Yeah, that, that, even though there's so many different pitfalls of social media and, and the Internet age that we live in here, I mean, some of the good things are that people like you can connect with somebody like him just through something like that. So uh, there are some positive sides to it. Let, let me rein this back into you as a dad here, Matt. Now, uh, I have four kids. My youngest is my only girl. She's five years old now, and I'm already dreading the age when she's going to hit that dating scene. Your daughter's all grown up. You've been there, done that. What was it like for you when your daughter first started hitting that uh, dating scene? How'd you handle that? scary <laughs> yeah um you know my my daughter was an amazing well she still is she's an amazing individual she's straight uh, um a student she was always focused on her studies um so i we like to say that molly was kind of the parent in the room uh, most of uh, her life when she was the youngest uh, ever uh, you know two or three years old she was always the one that really had her act together so when she got to the dating uh, world um went off to college and started dating she started dating a little bit later um but found the man she loved and um, got married and fell in love, got married. And uh, um, now she w lives and works up. We're just waiting for grandkids, you know, from her and uh, Joel up there. And uh, they're up in the um, Spokane area of Washington. But Molly didn't require much worry. Let me tell you that, because she was so solid. And uh, um, Amy Grant has a, a song out, you know, it's called Straight Ahead. And this just, that was what the wedding song you know, I played for Molly at her wedding because Molly was just always really straight ahead. So I'd like to take credit for how wonderful of a person that she came out. But unfortunately, um, I can't take credit. I think um, she just, uh, you know, well, I guess genetically speaking, maybe. But uh, she was just an amazing person uh, right off the bat, like as of all my kids. And so um, maybe there's a little, um, 
maybe there's a little credit in there somewhere, but I think my kids, they grew up on this farm and they were exposed to some, you know, both Amy and I just exposed them as many opportunities as possible. And they all turned out to be amazing kids. Yeah, awesome, Matt. And, you know, I did see on Instagram there you guys had a uh, family trip to Disney. What was that experience like for you to go there with all the kids? Well, it was, yeah, <laughs> Disneyland is not for the fate of heart, kind of like reality <laughs> TV, you know, it's, it's pretty hectic. We brought lots of, uh, uh, you know, um, disinfectant and stuff, and the kids were a little young, but Tori, my daughter-in-law, is just a Disney fanatic, and so uh, um, they were going to go regardless, and so Karen and I said, uh, well, we want to go along and help, and babysit, and so I had grandpa duty. Uh, well, you know, everybody else went on the rides watching the little one. We had a two month old at the time, but everybody came through it and had a great time. Jackson, you know, got to meet his hero Buzz Lightyear. And um, it was just really a wonderful, wonderful experience. It's a week away um, down at Disney. Yeah, you know, you can't help but have fun at Disneyland and ride the, the new, you know, Star Wars ride. It was uh, a really, really good experience. And I was glad Tori pushed it to one. When Tori and my daughter-in-law first mentioned she wanted to take the two-year-old and the and the two-month-year-old, you know, we kind of raised our eyebrows a little bit. But she, Tori, you know, moms have a motherly instinct that sometimes is um, better than grandpa's instinct. And uh, so we went with it, had a ball, had a great time. The kids had a great time. And we've got pictures to prove it. <laughs> yeah, very. I did enjoy seeing some of the pictures you threw up there on Instagram. Um, what, what's next for you here, Matt? I mean, I know you said you, you, you contracted for, you know, you have this season, another season. Have you, uh, considered like, do you have any kind of goals for life beyond the show? Well, I, you know, I have a house in Arizona, so I really, really enjoy uh, this uh, kind of balance I'm creating in my life with Karen and I. We go down to Arizona and we hang out and we enjoy the sunshine down there. But up here in Oregon, um, I am, you know, we're going to be doing a pumpkin season again. That's you actually, Alex, the first to officially know. We're getting ready to announce that, you know, um, people always assume that we're going to do pumpkin season over and over again every year. But we, every year we have to, as a family, really stand back and evaluate it and look at it and the cost and the effort and, and kind of we meet as a family all my kids and the um, and amy we get together and we kind of up and down vote on it and we just we just recently did a uh, meeting where we're going to go ahead with the 2020 pumpkin season so i will be here in oregon a lot i um, getting ready for that with my team of people here at the farm but my probably my most fun new uh, project is i'm building a house so i'm in the design stages um, i want to break ground on it hopefully this year um, a house that's accessible for me. Um, everybody's probably wondering why are you staying in the in Amy's house that she's moving out of. Um, and um, uh, I want to build a different house. I want to build a, a little bit smaller and leave that for one of the kids. Hopefully, we'll take it over um, once Amy finally moves out. She's she's you know talked about moving out for a while, but she still uh, has her things over there. And so as soon as she's out, we're going to stand back and kind of evaluate what to do with that house. Meanwhile, I'm going to start building a new house here on another part of the farm that's kind of on the other side of the of the property. So I'm excited about that. Wow, yeah, very cool. Always busy there, Matt. And you know what? Last thing I want to hit you with here, uh, I usually ask all the guests that come on the podcast here, this is your second go around, so I'll see what you got for us this time. What type of advice do you have for the new dad <laughs> or for that about-to-be father that's out there listening? I knew you were going to ask that, and <laughs> I'll tell you what. I, this is the part of the podcast that I always go to all your other podcasts, all your uh, other guests. I always go to the part, where's their advice? Where's their advice? <laughs> I always say, boy, I don't really have any advice, but here, here, Alex, that's a great, great premise for your podcast. I really, really enjoy that. So I thank you again for doing that. It's to listen It's to become a good listener, listen to your kids and to be present. You know, I feel like when I was uh, a father, 
I, I missed some really important moments because I was busy, you know, providing for the family and, you know, um, keeping the household afloat and doing the maintenance and things. But now I really, with the grandkids, I'm really getting a second chance to be a better listener, to sit down and play games and have special moments, you know, and um, the little grandkids are there in swim lessons. I want to be there watching the swim lesson and sharing that experience. So I think just being really present and, also, the back of a phone, you know, snap a few pictures, but don't have your kids grow up with the backside of a phone. You, you don't enjoy, you're not present, you're not enjoying the moment. So snap a few pictures. I like to do that too for Instagram and social media, but then put your phone down, really put it down when you're together. Last night it was with my kids, never brought the phones out. No pictures were taken. Um, and so I left that, you know, dinner thinking, yeah, that's good. We really got to engage. And you don't have a memory of the moment in, in your camera, but you have a better memory in your heart and your, in your mind. So um, put your phones down. So listen, be engaged, be present, and put your phone down. That's my advice. Very well said, Matt. I love the advice. It's an honor to have you back on the show. You're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, Alex. Keep doing what you're doing. I really love your podcast. All right, and as promised, for those of you who stuck around till the end here, I am once again joined by Matt Roloff to get an update on how he and Karen and the family are weathering the storm of the coronavirus, which has swept the nation since the last time we spoke. Matt, thank you once again for joining me here, and please hit the listeners with a little update on how you guys are doing. Well, thank you again, Alex, for having me. I appreciate you uh, checking in with me to make sure everybody in our family is uh, safe and healthy so far. Karen and I are down here at our Arizona home uh, sequestered. We're sheltering in place following all the, the guidelines that they've put out, and we're not going out at all. We're just really staying in, and so is the family. Um, up in Oregon is all doing very well. I, we're doing a lot of FaceTiming and uh, making sure we're checking in with them multiple times every day, and everybody is uh, following the, the rules and, and kind of keeping to themselves, and um, we all have enough supplies, so we're going to stay here in Oregon until uh, – we're allowed to uh, go home, and then we'll we'll try to work our way back to the farm. We canceled some social events we've had down here so that we can uh, stay by ourselves. But kids are safe. Everybody's safe. I'm just worried about, you know, all the folks in the world that are less fortunate and um, that are sick and ill, and I'm hoping, every, wishing everybody the very, very best and, and just wishing everybody to be well and stay safe. Yeah, well said, Matt. One of the best things we could use right now is some fresh episodes of Little People, Big World to kind of help uh, take us away from the news that's been just overrun by news of the coronavirus. Uh, are you guys still on course here? Are you still scheduled to drop the new episodes starting March 31st? Well, from what we hear so far, I was on the phone, I was on the phone with the producers uh, last week, and it sounds like everything is still on course. We uh, were fortunately, we were in a three-week hiatus when all this kind of went down, and so... Uh, we were taking a break, and we just had a few final touches to put on a few episodes. So um, from what we hear, everything is the premiere is going to go forward, and uh, we may do those uh, finishing touches from audio bites or, or what have you. But so far, it all looks good. But, you know, anything can change. It's a very fluid situation out there, as everybody knows. Um, but we're looking forward to uh, – you know, coming into your living room so you don't have to go out. You can just stay put and, and watch the Roloff family and get an update on how we're doing uh, in the farm and everybody in the family. Awesome, Matt, and I can't wait to check those out myself. It's been such an honor to have you back here on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you guys stay safe, stay healthy out there, and I hope to have you back on the podcast once again next year. Thank you, Alex. You too. Stay safe with your family as well.
Back to close things out here on First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to Matt Roloff for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was an honor to have him back on the podcast. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to hear your feedback. Lock it in Wednesday. The Season 7 winner of The Voice, Craig Wayne Boyd, will be here. And Friday, legendary boxing trainer Teddy Atlas will be joining me on the show. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to catch all the latest updates on all of the upcoming guest announcements. That's all i got for you guys today. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.